Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh, good man. Recording. Oh, what a, what a laugh I've got. Hey, hey. There he's there. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a professional gamer set up. I've had this set up since uh, last year, so... Waiting for us to call you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the, big day, the big day has finally arrived. I've been waiting all year. First of all, so for those who can't see on the podcast... Um, this is our very special second ever guest. Guest season continues once again. Back stronger <laughs> than ever. They just keep going bigger and bigger. A-list. A-list names. Mr. Luke Friend, give him a, give him a cheer, give him a cheer. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Incredible. How is everyone? Wait, look, I'm asking the questions here, look. <laughs> don't, don't come in five minutes and start dominating the podcast. First of all, I, I've met Luke. I, I know Luke. Have you guys met Luke? I don't think I've met you, Luke. Yeah, me and you both met Luke. That's correct. When we went to that, where where were we? Where where was that? It was slang we're playing, and Luke went up and done a couple of tunes, Shoreditch, and before then, before lockdown, Luke and I went out for a for a couple of pints and had a had a grand time. Daz, then that only leaves our man Daz up there on the top left. Hi, nice to meet you, man. <laughs> Kurt, maybe me and you should leave Daz and Luke to have a a chin wag. On their own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys just leave. <laughs> so that's Daz up there, mate, and that's Jamie, and uh, as you know, and then I'm your good friend, Kerr. How you doing, brother? You good? I'm good. I'm really good. I had a uh, interesting day today. I, um, well, basically my other half, she, uh, she signed up to every single dog app, you know, dog walker app that you could possibly find. So uh-huh. actually, t- we got our first. Uh, <laughs> looking after of a pet today which was fun um so i actually woke up the earliest ever this is so you can go and rent a pet for a while they literally just they're a stranger they come to your flat they go here you go here's a dog uh you know don't ask for any uh you know passports or anything just uh, kind of give you their dog and that's it they just leave you with the dog in your hands so what kind of dog did you get today 
Uh, we actually had a miniature poodle called Bailey. There you go. And was Bailey well trained? Bailey was uh, Bailey was wonderful actually. Uh, apart from I got up at seven a.m. today on a day I didn't need to get up that early, so you were very excited about tonight's podcast. Yeah, yeah the dog didn't actually get here till about two o'clock. I was just excited for the podcast. That's why I'm here. What was what was the dog's name? Bailey. Bailey. See, Jamie's getting nervous. He's asking questions he's never <laughs> asked before. He can't believe it. <laughs> Jamie, I mean. Nobody can see, but why why are you clean shaven and looking all clean cut? Well, I knew that Luke was coming on the, the podcast and I wanted to make a, a, a big impression. Well, you look beautiful, mate. Honestly. Thank you. I had a, had a, a role in a new Martin Compton. I didn't have a, an, an actual role, but a, an extra role. And uh, a support, supporting artist. I was a supporting artist in a, a, a new Martin Comp- Compton programme called... Uh, I forget what it's called. <laughs> Virgil, I believe it's called. Vigil. Vigil, sorry. <laughs> I'm wrong. Based on a, a nuclear submarine base, and I just had to keep walking across a car park after a boat. Um, but they had, to, they had to shave me for this role. Uh, Bloody hell. And, but I get paid for the shave, so they gave me 28 extra quid for, for shaving me and giving me a wee, wee trim. An old barnet. Fair play. So you got a haircut and a shave. They actually paid you to do that? Aye. There you go. Unbelievable stuff. I love it. Uh, also, to go back to your uh, your your pet ownership today, Luke, um, people who have been listening to the podcast will realise that since the plague's hit, um, I've been out of work. I was kind of thinking I could kill two dogs with one stone and walk a couple of dogs at the same time. Sort of thing, and then maybe aim, like earn some money. That's a good idea, that. But uh, but Luke, Luke's here providing that service for free, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so <people> like <laughs> they actually asked us. The the owner actually ended up being stuck in a meeting at work, so uh, they actually ended up asking if we wanted money for it, and uh, I was like, to Jeff, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, she's like, no, no, it's fine. She just loves dogs that much that she just... <laughs> do it for whatever reason she signed up to every single one there's ones that are for free there's ones that you pay for and stuff like that but yeah it's our first experience today it's a big thing then well we want to get a pet at some stage definitely so we it's a it's a good practice for that thing but i actually had it more of a use the same as you you know everyone's out of work <laughs> all of us we're literally doing nothing so it's actually something just to you know get out and get the steps in Trying to do 15k steps a day, you know. Well, so, I mean, that, that kind of leads, leads us to, the, to a good point to start off for any um, musician or actor or MD in the creative industry, man. How are you finding these times and just surviving? I mean, it's tough. Like, I had, I had a pretty... I had one of the best years last year that I've had for a while. Um, you know, I went on, I went on tour uh, in a show in a musical theatre show, show called American Idiot. That's right, American Idiot. I'll, I'll tell you off the top of my head, it's a story that follows three young American men and how they react to the shocking aftermath of 9/11. The music covers the struggle <laughs> of drug research. addictions, relationships, and finding a purpose in life. <laughs> it does all this to the glorious soundtrack of some Green Day iconic hits. Just off the top of my head, though, there, look. I was literally, I was going to say, that's literally from the top of your head. You weren't reading anything there. <laughs> You've not heard that in a way. <laughs> no, yeah, I've not heard it for a couple of months, but I've definitely not heard it said that way, so it's definitely unique. So that that's that's it, man. You're, you were in a, a musical theatre play called The American Idiot. Tell us about it, man. That's been your job for the past while. Yeah, it's been uh, from the end 
of 2018 in November I got a job. I actually, I've always, I always had a passion for, you know, musical theatre and I've always wanted to get into it. But I, I never knew how. And then I randomly got an email, uh, just randomly out of nowhere. And um, it was for the auditions and I was like, alright, I'll give it a crack. And then, um, yeah, I, I kind of did the auditions. The audition tapes are bad. <laughs> I don't know how they got me how they got me in the room because I literally watched one of them compared to what I did in the final stage productions. I was like, goodness, they they taught me well because <laughs> I was like those those audition tapes. I got this, you know, guy liner way too big for you know. I actually, I actually, I actually looked like I was on my deathbed rather than like you know putting stage makeup on but like it was it was, it was great and then i tried tried uh, a bit of dancing in the uh, audition tape as well which uh, i will burn i will burn accordingly so was the, it uh, was there dancing and stuff in the show there was luckily luckily i didn't have to um do so you seen you dancing like we'll just we'll just cut the dancing yeah 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 it was it was i got away with quite a lot of it i did the first two numbers uh we go straight into it starts off with american idiot and then it goes into jesus of suburbia so if you remember how long those tracks were on the green day album it was literally you know they're at eight minutes long and i'm dancing in those two tracks so <laughs> uh, it's a good it's a good calorie burner is, it, is the, the musical just songs from american idiot or is it all green day songs or I think the yeah, there's a couple from uh, the newer albums like 21st Century Breakdown and um, there's there's none from Dookie which which I love that album. I mean I love most of the albums. Being a Green Day I, fan was was same. a lovely thing. Yeah, so it was it was amazing to be in the show and to play Saint Jimmy. He's a crazy like you know chaotic psychopath. So that was, was pretty it like fun to play every day. Billy Joe Armstrong that wrote it. Yeah, he 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 also uh, starred in it in the uh, in um, Broadway. He mm. uh, he played Saint Jimmy himself, so it was kind of like taking on a role that he loved and created himself and did it himself. So it's big shoes to fill. But yeah, we did Pass that for man. a year, and then we took it to New Zealand as well. And I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan, so uh, I uh, went to Hobbiton. I got myself the uh, the One Ring. It doesn't make me disappear though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not geeky at all. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not a geek. But uh, is there yeah. is there plans to the shorty tour again, or was there plans to do that this year and then it's cancelled? Or no, it was. It was actually it, it hit his final run in New Zealand. So we did two, three weeks out there, and we weren't even originally meant to do that. That just was an opportunity. Uh, two weeks after we finished the UK tour run, and you know what? I had I had the best time, and you know. Racky Blues was like the director. She was she was amazing. You know, we had amazing musicians as our backline. Um, you know, people who really knew what they were doing. And you know, especially you you always think, you know, especially with something like that where we're all fans of Green Day, we'd all say mm -hmm. that, right? You, you, there's some influence there. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, you take that over to the musical theatre world. You you want people who know what they're doing, and yeah, yeah, they they nailed they nailed it with everyone who ha they had working on it. Like Raki, who's the director, she was so passionate and everything like that. So yeah, that was an amazing you know year, um, and it kind of you know ended ended on a high as well, being New Zealand, and then this year just obviously with everything going on and COVID, it's kind of complete opposite. How does touring with like a theatre production compare to touring with a band or as a solo artist? I think you can be a lot more 
not that I am, but you can. I think you can be a bit more selfish on your own tours, especially mm-hmm. with, if I'm just on my own. I can go where I want when I want, and I'll get there for sound check. That's that's about it. That's all you need to worry about. And especially if you've got someone taking you there and whatever, that always helps. Um, I can't drive yet, so that always helps if people can get me there. <laughs> but um, I think when you're with a whole cast, and when I go when I go on tour with a cast, my experience was you do need to have that unit. You know, you need to understand where people are, are coming from. Even Even if you don't get along with absolutely everyone, you need to be... In that frame of mind where you go, right, this is a show, this is professional, you know, we're putting on the official show of this, so we should should all be professionals. I was very new into it, obviously, so I had a lot of people who were very supportive on in the cast and you know people outside of it. Was that your first kind of foot in any theatre then, or had you done stuff before? I did stuff before, like, um, I, did, I, I was always in musical theatre at school, and I did Amdram, I did a lot of that. I was originally um, going to go to art school afterwards, you know, I was going to go to performing art school, and uh, obviously my life kind of took a complete like left turn, and mm-hmm. it went a different way. So I, it was, that, sort of, that sort of thing was in my eyeline for a long time. You know, it was originally a professional footballer, but I was never ever too good for that. So, <laughs> so that that ended short by about you know twelve years old. I was also going to do some uh, musical theatre, ironically, till I uh, started listening to Green Day. Really? Uh, my mum and my sister they they, were, they touted me as uh, being on stage, so I'd done that till I was about thirteen or something like. That. Oh, good for you, man. Did you did you enjoy it? Sort of enjoyed it, but I. Uh, even like the stage makeup and all that I think I liked it and then I started getting into Nirvana and Green Day and all that sort of thing I was like nah I'm wanting to to play drums and plus it would have been bad for your eczema or that stage makeup well it was bad for my eczema I had to do a, <laughs> one show called The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and the song <laughs> it's brilliant the song I had to sing so it was meant to be I just won like the not the Super Bowl but the American football game so I was an American football player the things on and uh, I was in the in in the brothel and I had to go. We're gonna womp and stomp and whoop them up tonight. How how old were you when you uh, said you did this? Twenty six. Uh, about <laughs> about tw- twelve or thirteen. You're lying. You you you're doing a brothel musical. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the skill the skill the skill assessment is very different up here. Look. <laughs> oh my goodness me. I can't get my head around that. I, I was allergic to the stage makeup, so there's a video somewhere and you can see empty faces, but you can just see my teeth and the whites of my eyes shining through. <laughs> see, like, see, like the ghost. Hi, <laughs> is... ghost in the brothel. So, like, so that, so that's what you've been doing then for the for the past kind of year and a bit. Let's quickly surmise the. Obviously, I, I can imagine every time you're interviewed, look, it'll be like. Look from X Factor fame, blah blah blah. So I can imagine you're probably bored of talking about that, right? But to sum up, finished for the X Factor 2013, and that's also we met Jamie's cousin. Tell me about your cousin, yes. Jamie, Nicky. So I, Nicky's, uh, for a few years it was I used to go busking in Wisha, at the town we're from. I think you've been up, you've been up here before. Look, I have several times. I was up there. I can't, I can't believe it. But I think it's a year ago since um, Nicky's wedding. Uh, so there's, there's some sort of distant relation, like he's cousins with my cousin, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But there's there's no there's no blood. But he used to walk past me, and his pals, or whatever, used to like they, they used to slag him, going, 
he's saying that you're his cousin, and I'd be like, ah, no really, no really. And then he was on the X Factor, and I was like, ah, that's my wee cousin. <laughs> that's my cousin there. Go on. Your phone, bills, your phone bills just shot up for the next three okay. months until Christmas. <laughs> Christmas presents are but, no but then, go. Oh, Obviously, no cousins enough to be invited to the wedding. Um, exactly. So. Must have been a scene issue. So you going well with me, Nicky, then, away? You still pals with him? Yeah, man. I, I I see him. I try and see him quite a lot. I would have seen him this year, you know, in, if it wasn't for the circumstances. So, yeah, we we, we remained really pally, really. So we um we talk a lot. You know, we have the sim- similar humour. He was always, you know, a year younger than me, so I was, you know... I say I did, but I was probably a bad influence on the show for him. But like, you know, I tried to look after him like he was my little brother. So, and it's it's mad that he, you know, he's now a married man. It's it's I... it's str- it's so strange. It's I can't get my head around it ever. I mean, I'm so happy it, for the both of them. Girlfriend American. Yeah, right? yeah. That's yeah, the she's... only. That can be the only reason that she does. She doesn't fully understand them. That can be the only reason they're still together. <laughs> <laughs> so when he, when he's when he's saying some slander, just yeah, she's like, oh, that like nice. yeah, that's so cute, Nikki, amazing, <laughs> a, a wee ball bag, amazing. Um, <laughs> man, she 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 from like from that kind of show, right? Like you finish further than that on a on a platform that's so huge, it encompasses the full of the UK, mm-hmm. and also back in that time, it was like the show. It's not it's not really like now. X Factor was on. And, and people kind of maybe watch it or they, they miss it whereas like then it was sort of like prime time telly on a Saturday night right it, mm. what happens from there when you finish do you literally just instantly finish and then springboard into a record deal or is it like come the Monday you're back giving it right what the fuck do I do now what happens is there anything in place to make you go forward or do you need to do that yourself I think it's a bit of both you know like my experience personally I can't vouch for anyone else but my experience was more or less uh, the weekend the show finished um, so I went out on the Saturday um, and got horrendously drunk that night I remember that that night I just celebrated because I knew the next day that I didn't have to sing and the funniest thing was the Sunday of the final I was like shit I do have to sing we do like a whole group number and I'm like there right. like having it large till about 4am going, yes, I can buy it. And then it's like, we got we got in the next day, I was like, yeah, I t- totally forgot that we're on live TV tonight, so that'll be fun. And, um, but I, I was actually, I was actually all right. I think it was um, just, you know, being young at the time, I was, I was all right. So yeah, it was, um, it was one, it was one of those where after that scenario, it did kind of feel like a bit of a limbo. Like, the limbo was, um, I went back home. I mean, the mayhem still carries on. Are you managed by anybody at this point or anything, or are you just, like, what's happening? Yeah, my mum was actually my manager at the time. Um, she was my manager before I did the show, so um, we carried that on through the show. And then afterwards, we both decided, well, we should probably take it to the next level sort of thing. So we actually spent the next couple of months looking for management and took ages. I, I, you know what? I, I was, I, I will say, I was really lucky. I, I didn't have an awful time. I'd be lying if I said I did because the show was a great experience for me. And I always say that to people. I don't mind talking about it at all. It was it was something that happened, and it would never, it would never not be, you know. Yeah. yeah. And like f- for me, when when I when I sat down, I only had one day of meetings that I had time to do, and I had like eighteen 
management companies come in one day. Fucking and I was hell. Like, it was overwhelming because I didn't know how it all worked. So I was there going, I knew it from the busking perspective because I did that before the show. That's how I earned money. I went out mm-hmm. and I busked for like six hours a day. And then basically that, that turn to the record label was pretty quick. But also long at the same time in terms of working out a deal and whatever, I knew I was going to get one. And it was with, um, it was like between RCA or Psycho at the time, I think. And uh, we ended up going with RCA. And um, that was a bit of a dream for me because David Bowie and all that. Elvis yeah, yeah. had been on there before. And it was a it, it was a massive feat for me. And then um, started getting on with writing straight away. And... Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it was. It was a it was a bit of a lull for a while. It's quite scary. So I'd say you, you do kind of not necessarily get left in the dark, but it is kind of suspected that you you should know what you're doing. And it's like we definitely don't. Is it hard to keep the fans interested that you gain from the show that you garner from the show, or do they or do you feel that they they stick with you? I think for a time. Uh, I certainly, you know, the fan, fan base was like really kind of chaotic. And mm. I think certainly the ones who are still around today and listen to my stuff, it's, it's pretty it's pretty intense. Like, you know, I would be going to hotels and people would find out where I am and they'd be outside. It was a weird time for about three years after the show, I'd say. Maybe even longer after that. It were you was like 17 when you were on it? Yeah, so I turned 18 near the end of it, I'm pretty sure, um, if I remember rightly. I was 17 when I auditioned, mm-hmm. and I was 18. I mean, I'm so useless with dates and everything like that, it's honestly, but like, that was that was like the time, I was so young when I did it. I, I literally went to, the aud- I went to the audition and had no, it sounds so generic, but it genuinely stood in the queue with my dad, I had, you know, kind of busked a couple of days before to get the money to go over to, you know, Cardiff where I auditioned and stuff. And, you know, my mum and dad have always been really, really supportive as well. They've, they are, they are legends. So like they drove me everywhere and took me everywhere, wherever I wanted to go and play, they'd do it. So I owe them a lot of petrol money. Definitely. So, uh, Cheers, mum, dad. But yeah, so it's it's one of those where, um, for me, yeah, seventeen was when it, when I started to do it, and then that's kind of it just catapulted. And I always remember a really cool story actually when I first auditioned that day. Uh, so I, I sat down. You get these envelopes. So you get like a red ticket, a golden ticket, and stuff like that. I can't remember which way around it was, but I went in and we sung in Cardiff stadium and you quite literally sing you sing there's like a black sheet so like as thin as your macbook pro right or whatever and it's as thin as that and you literally you stand there you sing you can hear others singing next door because it's all in the in the track in the running track we're all singing to people we haven't met before anyway i ended up going and getting this ticket and they said come the next day i was like great did the second audition and then the people in the room I was very lucky I happened to sing in front of people who technically helped run the show 
and because you never know who you're going to get. There's like 18 people sat in a room. So they're just random people that you need to impress to get to the next stage sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, there's quite, you know, there's there's not just like one or two. I reckon it's different for everyone, you know, depending on how much they like you, I guess. But like yeah. with with me, it was, it, was, it was really strange. I actually, you know, I'm laid back as anything, you know, I'm proper like, yeah, man, whatever. And I, I remember coming out of the room and I went to this this woman who actually like ended up she she ended up like looking after us and chaperoning us on the show, and I sat down on after the second audition. I said to her, "Oh, they told me, uh, you know, that I'm coming in a couple of weeks' time and whatever. Like I'm gonna sing in front of the judges or whatever." And they were like, uh, "No, you're not." And I was like, "No, I've literally I've literally just been told <laughs> by the people in the room that they want to see see us. You know, I'll be I'll be." coming on and whatever and she didn't believe it so she had to actually walk in the room and ask them ask them and, and yeah because she didn't believe me so she just walked off and i was still sat at this desk going okay i'll just sit here and wait and i was re- i felt like i was in trouble like a little schoolboy. i was like okay i'm gonna get in trouble oh, that's me sacked off the show already and then um yeah she came back she went oh well well well, well done luke yeah we'll see you soon and i was like okay <laughs> so end up being you know really smiling the car on the way back but yeah that was kind of what set off that whole scenario it's such a mad experience i mean busking's a thing that plays a, a huge part of this podcast because J- jamie's jamie's lifelong dream to continue to busk he busks and wish all the time that's his that's his thing we've done ma- many podcasts on it we've, we've spoke about it. jamie's wrote stories about it however jamie have you ever been personally handpicked by the Prime Minister of the UK, very own Boris Johnson, to become <laughs> oh the official, the official <laughs> ambassador for busking for London? Well, <laughs> fucking look, as I was asked by the, the the member of Scottish Parliament to come and switch on the Christmas lights. So, uh, <laughs> yes, lad, legend. Well, oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> two two busking icons, and we've got that's it. Uh, <laughs> That's fucking nuts, Luke. Boris Johnson picked you to be the ambassador of busking. Honestly, I'm very impressed with this research. I gotta say, you boys are nailing it. Um, no one's asked me about that ever since I've done it, and I, I haven't told many people. So basically, what what happened was he, um, I got yet again an email, but this time mm. through management. I, I had a manager now. I think I've been doing it for about half a year after the show. This all happened. And um, yeah, he was setting up the buskers for London, and obviously this is something I'm very passionate about. I love, you know, there's nothing better than getting on the tube when you're in an aggy mood and hearing someone playing violin. You know, it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone loves it, and like, um, you know, as well as the singers and everything like that, it was it was such a great opportunity. And then I remember the day I met and and I, I met him the day we did this uh, publicity thing, and um, it was St Pancras Station, I think. I think that's what you're reading up there, and uh, we um, we basically uh, <laughs> the first thing the first thing he says to me, right? He goes, uh, uh, wait, "Luke, uh, you you could play Stairway to Heaven, right?" And I was like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, um, seriously, play Stairway to Heaven. And I was like, um, I, I can't, mate. It's a pretty it's a pretty fucking hard song to play, really. <laughs> He was like, oh, well, and he took my guitar and he started, he held on to it and he was just, he was just like f- fucking strumming it. 
and he didn't play anything. But is ages. that the picture with the capo in front of the capo? Oh, yeah, that's my that guitar, bro. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, man. And he's literally he's not playing anything on the strings, and he's like, I used to play guitar, and I was like, okay, well, uh, good luck. And then it's probably it's probably one of the best things he's ever done. To be fair, isn't it? <laughs> Did you get much time with him after that at all? <laughs> to pick his brains Mate, and some honestly, I I was literally <laughs> like it says one of the one of the ambassadors for that thi- that whole thing, and I never heard from him again. The only words I heard from that guy's mouth was "Can you play Stairway to Heaven?" And I was like, oh. and I just I replied with no because any normal person, I mean, I can play a, I can play a chord, yeah. I can't play stair. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. Mr. Page. You know, <laughs> there's a bit, there's a big difference, but yeah, he um he he was he definitely made me laugh that day, and he he, he was to, to be honest, he was he was very he was very nice to us and whatever. Um, whether he's doing a good job now, I very much doubt it. But do you still busk? Yeah, well, I haven't busked for a long time. The last I have busked, but not I've not like. I've actually done it just on on a on a whim, and I've told people where I am and tweeted it just to if I haven't played a gig for a while. It's a different vibe now. You you can't really just post up on the street. It will be like a thing. Well, there's all licenses and stuff, isn't there? Like I've actually, I never. This is even funnier. I've like I never even though I was an ambassador for it, I never actually got or had a busker's license for London. I never got the chance to get one. And, uh, you know, I, I would still bus today, to be honest. I love it. There's something about busking where you get every type of audience in the world to, you know, to correspond with you. You get people who hate you. You get people who love you, and then you get people who are like, yeah, he's all right. You know, do you, you get, do you so get many... any following from it, though? Do you get people that you check your pages or, like, or is that a young man's game now? No, I reckon I reckon it's all ages, man. There's a there's a guy who shreds just outside of uh, the globe. Uh, down, the, he he absolutely shreds that Spanish guitar, man. You should definitely check him out. He's sick. He's got long like white locks, and I saw him the other day, and he was playing while the sun was setting. And honestly, it was a vibe. It was a vibe. He he started playing a. Uh, oh, what's that tune by Sting? Um... Oh, it's gonna really annoy me. There's a there's a song last year. No, not that one. It's like it's quite Spanish vibes. Um, it's, um, <laughs> I'll be to my heart. You. Oh my god, I can't remember it. It's so annoying. Message in L L bottle. Um, it's not Roxanne, is it? <laughs> Roxanne. No. <laughs> no, it's um. <laughs> Uh, Shape of My Heart. Oh my god, yeah. I couldn't remember what the title was. Yeah, Shape of My Heart, which is one of my favourite Sting songs. But uh, he was playing that, and I just, I just started dancing in the middle. Of the, there's, the, there's the ambassador cheering them on. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. still that's, doing that's, his bit. That's when, when I walk down the Thames. <laughs> that look, he's still doing his bit for us. When I walk down the Thames, they're all asking me if I can play Stairway to Heaven. Every single person. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> ambassador. <laughs> I, mean, I, I I'm not involved in it. Any, any, any. Well, I don't seem to be. I don't get any updates. Plaudits? You don't get any plaudits anymore. <laughs> yeah. You've got an interesting story, Jamie, about where Luke is from, don't you? So, look, I, I spent uh, about eight, eight or nine summers in Tainmouth, where I believe you're from. You know what? We had a conversation about this, didn't we? I think we did, die. The first, uh, first think, time we met. Well, for the purposes of people listening, tell it again. <laughs> 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 uh, so, 
I used to go down with the, the boys' brigade every summer to Tainmouth for two weeks. Uh, and we camped at the, the rugby field on, is it Bitten Park Road? Yes, yes, uh, that's just a bit further, yeah, a bit, bit further out, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I used to go down there, so so when I went to Boys Brigade camp, that's where I, when I was 16, that's where I broke my virginity. I must say it's, it was with a girl, it wasn't uh, <laughs> with one of the boys. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't with the Timoth sign that you go past on the train? Uh <laughs> No, it was just I was. It was. It was near a field somewhere. It was uh, <laughs> the fields of gold. Was there was there birds in the boys' brigade? No, but there was there was birds in Tainmouth. Ah, sure. So this sure. is it. At this point, I was I was starting to listen to my. It was no. a it was a mermaid. <laughs> it was a mermaid that came out of the sea. <laughs> uh, it was a bird in holiday. Well, it was. It was a. Uh, it was a bird at the boy, boys' brigade camp. So within one night, I had smoked hash and got drunk and. Broke my virginity and, and all in Tainmouth in the one night. Quite there. clearly, quite clearly, the, the Danny Zuko of the Boys Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, lad. It was there on the carnival night. Oh yeah, the carnival, yeah. carnival's ace, man. Like every year, that thing is so massive. Everyone comes down. Like um, one of my favourite gigs still to this day, believe it or not, um, was uh, the like one of the last gigs I ever had with uh, the first band I was in. Uh, we were called NWO, which is uh, pretty funny. <laughs> New World Order. <laughs> <laughs> New World Order, that's what it was. That's literally what it was. And uh, we thought, you know, at 13, that was a groundbreaking name. You know, I did not choose the name. I, I was one of the late members I came into it and I was like, please, can we change the name? And they were like, no. So, um, yeah, but... Change it to NWA. <laughs> no, no, definitely not that. But like we, um, <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we basically, um, I, I love that. That was that was my way into music. Actually, um, speaking about mu- music, struggling, there's all that sort of thing. With um, we had a place called the Cave in Timoth, and uh, it was a place where we all jammed and everyone got together. And it was, it was, it's now closing, which is sad. And um, that's how I, where I started off, basically. Uh, look, right, so we, we, we're too poor to uh, pay for the full version of Zoom. So what'll happen now is we, we'll come off and I'll save this. A showbiz break. I'll send you a showbiz break and we'll come back after this short <laughs> break. I'll send you another link and we'll jump back on if that's okay with you, mate. Absolutely. the experience of being on a major label like was it a healthy one was the expectation too much coming from x factor or was it just right did it feel good tell me all about it that was four questions in one there look pick whatever <laughs> one you like my, my brain is fried now nah, it's i honestly i'm gonna you know yet again something that no one's really asked me before uh i'm actually maybe because i'm I'm just quite, you know, scarce of interviews and stuff, and I don't do many. But like, exclusive, was, exclusive, 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 exclusive. <laughs> but um, nah, no one's to speak to us. <laughs> nah, it's it's one of them where, you know, just an. I I think my experience was it was amazing for a time, 
And I think with a lot of people's experiences, whether you've been dropped or, you know, you're going through a bit of a lull, it's, it is a machine. Mm-hmm. No matter what you, what you say, like, if you're not, you know, flavor of the month, it's kind of like, you know, it's so, it's so sad in a way. I know things are kind of changing, you know, personally with me, I had a really good relationship with my A&R, um, you know, Simon Gavin was ace, um, we we had a great time and I know he didn't want us to leave the label at the time for whatever complications there were but um, I ended up being with him for two, three years and it was it was definitely it was definitely mostly amazing but in terms of getting stuff out there I think my it sounds bizarre but my age was like the constant barrier what it did you like, were you were too young yeah you're like you're this age so I don't think people meant by it, but like it was like in the nicest way. I'd been doing it since I was fourteen, and I, I'd like to even back then think that I kind of knew what I wanted and wanted to achieve and where to go. I'd researched labels before; it had been a dream of mine since I started singing. And it was—it's—it's it's never how you think it is with any anything you do. But like when I when I when I went into that whole world, it was massive. It was very scary. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're going into the office and you're seeing people you listen to every day on the radio. It's yeah. it's odd. It's amazing as well. But you sort of feel like out of place because it's like, I need to prove more than anyone else, I feel. And I think a lot of people who come from shows... Because, because of X Factor, you felt that... You felt yeah, that way of course. that I need to prove I've got I've got actual chops here and I'm not a manufacturer thing. Is that what you felt you had to prove? So much, so much weight. You know, you know it was... It, it led me to, you know, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety issues, uh, going out every night whenever I could, you know, drink whenever I could. And it was a, it was, it was a pretty, no one else's fault to my own. It was, it was just me not handling pressure well. And I used, I'm so good to dealing with pressure. Yeah. Do you feel when you're in a massive company like that? I mean, our experience is nobody wanted to sign us, so we created our own record label. And then from that, we went into a a bigger independent, a small independent, and then up to finally be Soul Records and the last album to a bigger independent. We've always either been in complete control of our own music or been very close, direct contact with the people who are responsible for it. And yeah. so that so that's our experience, and knowing a lot of people from the industry on major labels and um, people who have who've been signed to big deals and then dropped, etc. I know how how that can work. Do do you feel like a that you're part of a machine, or 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 was your experience quite personable? Did you feel like you had a good in? Yeah, I mean, I I made I think from the from the beginning sta- standpoint, it was very much like. I think it was quite easy to be led down the we'll, we'll sort of do everything for you. And I was very adamant from early meetings to go, nah, I want to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something I never opened up about much before, which is it's kind of great that I am now. But it's like that was really difficult for a 17, 18 year old to go into a room with people, you know, older than you who are a lot more experienced mm-hmm. and to go, Hang on a minute. No, I want to do it this way. I want to... This is who I'd like to write with if they want to write with me. And it was like... It wasn't like demands necessarily. It was just more so... I know how this goes with a few people. Yeah. Whatever record label it is. Everyone has 
everyone has had, even if it's not with a record label, everyone has, you know, experiences where they'd, they'd deem it negative, but maybe they weren't in the right headspace. You know, with, with me, I think a lot of the fault sometimes is my own, not the label. The, a lot of people in the label who worked on my work, you know, worked really hard. And mm-hmm. I think they ha- also, you got to think of it from both sides. They've also got more to prove for me. They need to fly my flag even more because I went on a show. Not that it it has a negative connotation. Oh, also, there's a, a good question to ask me. Uh, a question I actually would love to. What a great, great question, Kerr, before I've even asked it. Um, the, <laughs> is the negative connotation come from the public or does it come just from musical cunts like us? Um, great question. So when you speak to Joe, Blo- Joe Blog in the street, do you feel like, oh no, that's Luke from the TV show? Do you feel any of that, or, or, or is it just when you speak to? I do, I do, I do. Sometimes feel like if you just getting technical here, 2013 was that was a particular year where Spotify and all that it all started changing. There was mm-hmm. a massive, rapid change between 2013 and 2015. Get my words out, <laughs> but like, yes, yeah, that there was a massive sculpt. You you must have felt that at the time as well. It's like, whoa, things are. And I, I, I guess it was just, I think it was a bit of bad, bad luck on my end. And, you know, I, I believed in the song, Hole in My Heart was my first uh, single mm-hmm. release. And um, it's it's still my biggest release today. And I, I mm-hmm. loved it. And I was very involved with the video. I was very involved with the production. Even the production that I did with uh, BMG, uh, I ended up signing with them um, a year after uh, leaving RCA. And... Um. Yeah, it was it was strange for me. I, I think I, I think I would have liked to. I think in an ideal world, I would have liked another crack at it at RCA. I only released one record on on with them, but then again, you want everyone to also believe that the project will work, and obviously that has every cogs in the wheel to to work, and that I don't regret at all. The fact that they gave me a chance and whatever was pretty rad. So I was like, it. It was amazing for me to even have that experience. I'm determined to have that kind of thing again. Um, so you would you would go with a, a major again? Yeah, it's not completely put me off. It's 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 sort of like every every day it's a learning curve, and you can't. I feel like a lot of people, and this is a controversial thing to say, but I think also a lot of people who come from shows like X Factor don't understand the hard work that it takes to not all just sometimes it is it is honestly going to be so difficult I never ever once went in that show and thought it's going to be easy yeah and and I'm not saying that anyone would think I'm not talking for people but I'm trying to say is is that I I reckon some people probably did do that thinking it's going to be so easy from here on in probably people I've never met who were on the (laughs) same year as me you know doing Going I think they just need to go in and sing well, and that's it. And then that's it. Yeah, yeah and it's it's so so much work. It takes up your whole life, and if you don't love it, and this is this is actually my constructive criticism to anyone who comes up to me who's like a younger aspiring musician. I go, they go, oh, what, what do you think of music, and what do you think about this? And I'll go, do it if you love it. Honestly, <clears throat> I'll go if you love what you do to the extent where you literally wake up in the middle of the night at 4am thinking of a melody or you sat on the sh- on the shitter and you come up with a melody and you're like that is the best 
melody I've ever come up with. It constantly ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's not run like that with you, then it's always a difficult road to go down. And people always kind of that's something that I do believe in. I, I'm negative most of the, you know most of the time I feel, but I always have that bit where I can go right. I am. I'm gonna. I love this so much. I won't ever stop. You know. Mm-hmm. I try and be as relentless as I can. And I, you know, it's just one of those. I feel. I feel like that. A show like that. It was amazing. I actually had an incredible experience on X Factor. It wasn't negative for me at all. I actually remember it with great memories. Like I met Seal. <laughs> like Seal was like one of my favorite singers ever. And like I remember going in the studio, and he was. He literally turned, it was in Notting Hill, right? And I got surprised with it. I didn't know I was going to meet the guy. He just turned up in the studio and I was like, that's Seal. That's Seal. <laughs> and he's like, he honestly, on the riders, he turned, he, he put Kiss from a Rose on and he turned off all the riders and then he started putting every single harmony on, one by one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most incredible thing ever. I was sat there and I didn't speak. I was like, oh, typical damn. Seal. What's it, honestly, what's it like, yeah. What's your top? It's a kind of shite question. It's sort of like, what's the craziest thing you guys do in tour? And it's like, it's a shite question. But I mean, if you were to go, kind of highlight real some people that you met or things you've done on that show, or or even since you left the show, with 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 the go? give us a couple. Oh, I think um, highlight in terms of what tour specifically after. Well, not so. Well, even, actual- I remember. I remember you telling me a Belteria story about when you were in X Factor, you were all kicking about Lionel Richie's house. Oh yeah, so this this basically which is fucking class. I I yeah. To be fair, it's probably the funniest I've ever been. To be honest, I'm very unfunny. <laughs> but like the uh, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm the most unfunny guy ever. But like uh, our house, our X Factor house was Lionel Richie's old place. And it was a double stairway, you know, with a chandelier. And yeah. it, was, it was so cool, man. It was sick. Like, you know, you could run about that place and get, like, lost. Had a pool. It had a massive garden. Um, you know, it's like a football pitch. It was mental. And then, uh, basically, what happened was, the first day I got there, I found out this key information that it was Lionel Richie's uh, old house. And uh, I basically went to, up to the phone at the side of the... Uh, it was like on a desk on this little desk and I just went hello and I just <laughs> I just literally answered it everyone was like cracking up and that was like the that was the funniest <laughs> joke I probably ever said in my life which it sounds really unfunny when I put it that way but no, uh, that's, that's good man I just thought I couldn't not do it you know yeah of course it's, it's a guy's gas couldn't not did you meet anybody in there that you thought you can, maybe wouldn't like you did that you got some wee gems of information from like what was Ellie Golden like when you, you met her she was she was a legend, you know. She was ace, like she, she, you know, she was she was really calming in terms of like I was like adamant that I wanted to sing with her at the time. I had I remember um, they were like listing people who were up for doing it, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, I definitely. So they, you you get a choice in at that point, and then you get to maybe not, pick. Not who- exactly. They they kind of just penned it to you. They go. There, there might be this person. There might be this person. Who would you like if, if hypothetically you were to sing with people? And every, everyone who got suggested, I was like, yeah, sick. And I was like, it would change all the time. I couldn't even remember most of them, but like, I remember it was, it was literally like whittled down between 
I think it was Jesse J and Ellie, <laughs> Ellie Golden. So like, that was actually a pretty hard decision because either way, it's kind of winning because they're both sick. So I was yeah. like, I was like, that's a really difficult one. But I was like, maybe, you know, me and Ellie would kind of suit the more, I'm more like a, like a daisical in the way I sing anyway, in terms mm-hmm. of like the way melodies go and whatever. So I kind of, I suited more towards that, but you know, me and Jesse J ended up being on the same management, the first management I went with afterwards, after the show. Funnily enough, she was, she was, you know, on it. So that was, that was quite, that was quite interesting, but that was actually quite a difficult decision. I ended up not really making that. I, I couldn't because they're both great. And I'm not so- just saying that for... But yeah, no, it was, it's fine. Like it, Jess, Jesse doesn't listen to the podcast anymore, and I don't think Ellie's ever been a fan, to be honest. Um, oh. With you and, and writing, man, do you do you prefer to write yourself? Do you like working with other people? Where are you now in terms of your writing? I love, honestly, for the past two years, I think, yeah, about two years, I've I've been really getting into, yeah, version on three because most of the last year I was busy. But like, I love writing. I find it a lot easier to write a top line than I would naturally burst into lyrics. Lyrics take right. me a very long time. And so I don't the melody comes unusual. quick sort of thing? Mel- mel- yeah, melody is something that I'm really like sure on. Like if I'm ever in a, in a, in a group environment and if anyone who knows me has written with me, I'm always pretty like, that's the only thing I'm very set on. Especially if it's something for my for my like like, stuff, like, you're, like you're confident at going in a in a crowd giving your opinion on a melody yeah. or giving your ver- yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm not like you know up my own ass about it but I'll just go I think this is sick or I mm-hmm. I usually try and come into a session with some voice notes mm-hmm. uh, it's actually pretty funny the other week I went in with loads of voice notes while there's roadworks going on. So like you could just hear like the you know like loads of like construction, and then every so often you just hear a little melody and everyone's like listening in the phone going what what are you playing as <laughs> I honestly can't hear anything on this voice note but yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of me but I I kind of write you know I I guess mainly for myself like I'm getting more into um, I recently have written a a film track which is for a short film. And I can't actually disclose it at the moment, annoyingly. But wow, uh, no exclusive there then. <laughs> I know it's it's, but I've, I've actually not even told anyone even that information. But oh, like, it's uh, back in the exclusives, back in the exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so basically, that that was a completely different concept to the usual style of stuff I'd write. So I'm always trying to would you, broaden with, my horizons with, with something like that. Would you have you seen the film? And then you no, write to it's that. not even. No, no, it's not even. Uh, it's not even in production yet. Oh shit! Yeah, so it's it's just the story, and I had the outline and script and uh, vice versa, and then I would, I, I get, uh, I get like a particular bit of dialogue where they wanted, ah, you know, right, okay. to set the scene, and I was like, uh, okay, okay, That's and it was actually on. pretty amazing to have that. Honestly, it's it sounds really vague, but it's actually really cool to have it. Uh, it'd be cool to have like something to work off kind of thing, like like a starting point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it's just cool up then. to your interpretation of it then. Yeah, exactly. So then, is is, is it through? I mean, I take it on X Factor. There was plenty of times you were in rooms with with you know, um, obviously bigger artists at that time. And then when you go and you move to the label, 
they're putting you in writing sessions with different producers, so you're quite comfortable writing with other people now then? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was honestly one of my, it still is one of my favourite things to do. I honestly love waking up in the morning knowing I'm going to go into a session. I've, I've, I count myself very lucky for that. And, you know, that that before anything else, before success, before anything, that that to me makes me happy to get up in the morning. I can go to a session and most of the time, you know, now, nowadays I kind of stick to the same people. I've mm. I kind of found people I enjoy writing with, but then every so often I'll go off and try and branch, you know, out to someone new because it's always good to do that, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I'd say most weeks I'd write there'll be a couple of days when I'm writing with the same sorts of people and mates and whatever and you know I've got a very supportive friendship group and very talented people around me and that's that's a that's an honour to have that and um, yeah hope, hopefully you know I'll be able to carry on songwriting as well as my own stuff and as well as performing and being an artist myself as well Do you see yourself eventually aligning fully into just being an artist or will you still continue being in kind of theatre productions or is it Casey just take whatever you can get work-wise at this current time? Yeah, I mean, that's actually definitely something that's been racking my mind, you know, what can I actually do to survive and monetize dog anything walking. at the moment? You know, dog walking is a really good, you know, tool. <laughs> Look, see, see from being from Devon, uh, Tainmouth is the first place I've ever seen Morris dancers, and I know that there's a. Oh, here we here we go, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> he loves a Morris dancer. Jamie's <laughs> like lifelong obsession. I genuinely <laughs> love your love for Tainmouth. There's, I know that there's... I've never seen Morris dancers. Have you not? Ever? I've seen them in Tainmouth every year. Maybe I was just maybe looking harder. Really? Maybe you just kept showing up at the same time every year. That was their, their day. I, I was always down there at carnival time, so I suppose that's when they, they kept them I out. feel like I've seen them in Shalden. Shalden's just Aye, across the, river. The, the... The River Tain. That's it. Maybe you could do a a, a video guide on Tainmouth, Jamie. When things open back up. And you could uh, show look. Some Morris dancing. I... I'll be a personal I'll be a personal sponsor for that. I wanna see that happen. But I know that there's a, a, a lack of young people getting involved in the Morris dancing industry, so Are you gonna take it upon yourself? <laughs> keep it alive? Keep the keep the flame burning. <laughs> keep the bells ringing. See uh, with the with the amount of touring and stuff you've done, look, who who's the kinda the soundest bunch you've you've came across? Like you've toured with like the fucking like the vamps and all that. You've toured you've toured with some serious pop acts. Obviously yet to hit the heights of like a a LaFontaine's tour sport, That's so it. I understand you, you can't I'm, say I'm that. I'm waiting for them to ask me, to I be know, fair. Man. Who knows when guy, those guys will hit the road again, you know? These are the type of guys that get like 100 to 200 likes a post, so... They're so mysterious, <laughs> man, honestly. Yeah. I wish I knew who they were. I know, like, but all I can tell you is that they're very down to earth. Who's, who's the soundest boys you've came across? Or girls? Ooh. There, there is... I'm going to be... I'm going to try and not be really boring I'm gonna say um the vamps honestly every single one of them are legends like that they're they're, re they're really nice boys I honestly whenever whenever I see them like their recent sing their recent single I think's great by the way married in Vegas it's called 
which I, I think get, is get that on the old playlist. Just literally googling it right now. It's <laughs> pretty. It's pretty cool. The chorus is really interesting. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a more mature. They've they've definitely gone. You know, they they were boys and now they're like you know they're men now. I feel I feel like this next album's that that one. And um, you know, when we were touring, we were still like eighteen, nineteen, so we were still, you know, little boys touring. But like, it was that was it. Is you know, it's mental, man. Like they, they, they took it. You know, they took it in their stride so well. Like Brad, Brad is a lead singer. He's he's a very, very natural like front man as well. He's very, very good. Such as yourself. Thank you very Such much, as yourself. And oh, you know. When I saw, honestly, when I saw you guys picking you guys up now, I, I thought you guys were fucking great. So good. Thank and you, mate. I, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. And I really, really enjoyed Similar, it. Similar, by Scott the way, Will, we're sitting wanging each other off. It looks one of the best, <laughs> the best fucking singers around. So, yes. It's, 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 it's uh, not as you, you guys at home are listening to a podcast full of very, very talented people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And um, you know what? Nina, Nina Nesbitt. Yeah, Nina Nesbitt is. We Nina is uh, you know we're we're still good friends now to this day you know, and you know she was she was very she was very like lovely to me a couple of weeks ago. I kind of had like a bit of a music breakdown sort of thing. I was like, you know, honestly, it's all it's an awful place to be. I was a bit like, do I do I want to do this anymore? Not in the sense I don't love it. I just genuinely felt so. I, I think a lot of people, you know. I think a lot of people feel the same way. It's like so much stuff against us. Here's a great. Here's another another great question from from me, Luke, because I think it's something that that's that's not spoke about, and I think it's because there's an element of shame to it, right? Let's say, for instance, you were financially secure from music yeah. right now. Do you think you would still have that feeling, or is it the thought of how the fuck am I going to continue to survive and pay rent? doing this career that gives you the fear of can I keep doing this I think it's a mixture of both like it's it is the thought it is it is the unknown and I think everyone has that you know you look in the future and you go I've got I've got so much to do and it's always a question of how do we get there as any artist or band musician it's always like how do we get there even the top dogs think the same thing and we're all in the same boat you know there's different degrees levels that you've got different boats you know it's it's so it's fucking lilo (laughs) it's so it's so it's so similar how it all is but you know what that question is brilliant i think thank you in that point in time i'd be i'd be the same either way no no matter what what no matter what my situation is I'm I'm in a very similar boat to everyone. It's a struggle at the moment. Yeah, man. You you got to be honest with that. There's no shame in that. It's 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 so hard. Like, you know, I had I booked more gigs this year than I ever have. Really, I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit sparse with gigs sometimes because I like to kind of like change it up quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with playing different types of stuff and getting us getting a really solid you know you know set list. It's it's one of them. I. I don't know how how to put it. This year's been so bizarre. And I had like five gigs booked in. And I'm, like I say, I'm not just saying it's it's not just me. It's everyone. Everyone course, in this industry. In, in musical theatre. I feel so sorry for everyone. Because it's, you know, some people are worse off than others. And it's, 
you know, at least I can still go and write with my mates. You know, well, that, 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 my, my biggest fear, and... my biggest fear is is that you'll have at the when 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 we finally come out of it, there'll be fewer of us because a few people won't have managed to, to survive the the fucking onslaught. I think, man, which is a shame. So. I understand why you would be, you would, you could have those, uh, those downtimes as we all do. But shouts to Nina for bringing you back. Oh, she's honestly, honestly, you know, I've, I've, I've an absolutely amazing other half, and she was doing the exact same thing and saying the same things, and it wasn't even like I wanted an ego boost. It wasn't that, it, you know, I'm not that sort of person. It was, it was just like a, I genuinely did have a bit of enough because I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what. And you have that whole thing where, like, does anyone, is is anyone, you know, listening out there? You always have that sort of like. Yeah, no, totally. Oh, it's it's horrible. Jamie said it when we were on the phone, because um, we also talk off podcast. Lafontaine's quite a close knit group. Um, I said it was fine when everybody was off work. Whenever when we were all in the same boat, it was fine. But when people started going back to work, and the musicians were the only fucking people left without a job it felt like or the, you know people in the creatives you, you start to feel like a bit of a spare prick and it's sort of like you because you put so much of your purpose or your self-worth in what you do do you know what I mean so if you're not doing anything it's like eh uh, help it's so true like one of my one of my, fav- one of my favorite um singles I've ever written uh I wrote it with my wonderful mate Ryan Keane um, shout to Ryan. No, yeah, man. Shout to Ryan. Ryan. Love Ryan. Yeah, big shout Some out. Boy. Legend. And Good um, boy. you know, we wrote a song about uh, my mate who who passed, my mate Matt, and um, we wrote a song called Wonder. And mm-hmm. I'm very, very, very proud of that song. And um, you know, I was thinking to myself, Is that, that the tune you've just released, Luke? Yeah, that was the latest one. Yeah, yeah, that's a tune, man. Thank you. It was. Um, you know, I think it's one of the most, you know, laid it sort of bare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was a, it's a tough song to sing live and whatever. And but that, that for me, was such a positive release, and that you know, that was my therapy for that. And that's funnily enough, what brings me back to why I would never, you know, thinking about it and the conversation I had with Nina and her being there for me as well as Mike, you know, the half and what. It's just, it's one of those things where it wasn't necessarily a cry out for help. It was like just asking the question, going, "What, what the hell am I doing? I don't know what I'm. I don't know where to go from here." And that was just mm. kind of a loss. I think I lost my way with being at home, not having a structure, not like having much yeah. of a structure as a musician anyway. You know, lazy bastard most of the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laid in bed trying to get yeah. up. But like, it's just it's that sort of. Thing. <laughs> But it's like, you know, when I am up and I am working, I'm working as hard as I can. And that's, that is, that is my ethos. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm getting better at that. You know, I understand some part, we're not perfect. I need to definitely work even harder than I think I'm working now, you know, to Mm -hmm. get where I want to get to. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Right, let's jump into some Hollywood news. Uh, a favourite segment for the fans. I've actually got two pieces, so we can either go. Let me let me go with this one first. We'll go for it. Uh, the Chase. Are you guys familiar with the Chase, the ITV program? Is it the thing with the? <laughs> oh no, it's golden balls. I'm thinking of. <laughs> what one's the Chase? Uh, the Chase is the game where, and I've never seen it <laughs> properly, <laughs> but I, I think the Chase is the game where there's there's the the, the they have questions. And they answer them, and if they right. get them correct, they get more money. And then at one point, this big guy <laughs> or or woman chases them because they also get asked questions. <laughs> and that's and, the and they're, they're chasing them. They chase them. <laughs> I don't that think they good. literally chase them. They think they. I think they, they they chase them via questions. And I've never seen it, so that's why. Anyway, I know the guy's face. The chases Mark the Beast. Splits Oof. from his wife after the open marriage failed. Well, there you go. A, les- a lesson for everyone there. Goodness me. He'll, he, he certainly won't be chasing her around anymore. Uh, <laughs> so he's trying an open <laughs> marriage then? Yeah, so so Mark revealed he and his wife Kate are splitting up after the pair's open marriage didn't work out. The chase star, also known as The Beast, <laughs> 55, <laughs> says lockdown and the 27-year age gap between him and Kate, who's only 28, Jesus, contributed to the breakup. Um, he revealed the pair are uh, leaving their marriage on friendly terms and there was no deceit at all on Kate's part alright uh, couple share a three year old son oh, just shows you um, they tried to be pragmatic but the, the coronavirus pandemic put a strain on their, their situation bit of a shame and well, uh, a shame for the beast a shame for the beast um, so there you go shouts to Mark's planning to stay. Mark's planning to stay in, in hotels in London while he looks for a, a home now closer to his work. Oh, I actually, <laughs> I actually have a um, a connection with the uh, the chase. The beast. Whoa. Not the beast. No. Anne Anne Hegarty. <laughs> oh, uh, she's the she's the she's the she's the the ghetto version of it. She's the she's a chaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> she's a. Uh, She's honestly, I, I actually did a panto with her 
two years ago. Oh no, you did not. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> but yeah, man, like, what was she saying? Oh, she she was on it. She's so her humor is so dry. It's amazing. It's like really? we sat in rehearsals and she'd just say like the most like brash thing, and I'd like be pissing myself in the corner like laughing. And then yeah, we we had like you know we went we went for dinner together, me and Anne. You know, you know we we, yeah, we got along really well. She was, she she was honestly, you know, she 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 was really shy when you first met, and then she she just sort of like blossomed. And she just you know started talking away, and she's she's so she just like t- re- like pull out these facts, like, and they they'd just be like, she'd be nonstop telling me these things I've never known in my life, and I'm like, what do I actually hold in my brain? Because there's <laughs> just dust. <laughs> And occasional melody when I'm in the shower, maybe. No, that's about there it. There you go. That, that, that's, that's, that's quite possibly the first time we've had a, a link to one of our Hollywood news sections. Apart from <laughs> Willow <laughs> Smith being a Patreon. Of course, and, and Caleb from Kings of Leon, obviously producing the tracks. And Kimberly Walsh from Girls Aloud. She's of course, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Shouts to Kimbo. Well, I've got a, a little tidbit, and it's a uh, Ant and Deck have got a new autobiography coming out. Oh, uh-huh. aye, aye, I saw that. So I was wondering if if uh, if they wrote like one line each, <laughs> but how they would, or if they had like what a page each, and how it would uh, imagine it's pretty much the same story. But maybe we can do a podcast where we we dissect it when it comes out. That's a really good point because you would assume it would be pretty much the same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, or, or at a point later on in their life, did they go, there's like deck come out with like deck, my side, or my story? Well, I think, I think we know how, how it went for, for him. Oh, yeah, no, true. No, it's Ant. Ant oh, had no, a bad I, turn. I, I, there's a 50 50 chance of me getting that right, though. <laughs> Jamie is a royal correspondent, and I can't believe not broke the news that uh, although Meghan and Harry want a private life, and that's why they've moved away from the royal limelight. They've yeah. just sold the, the the rights to Netflix to document their life. <laughs> so, Can you believe it? Uh, yes, at this point, I fucking hell. Would you watch it? Would you watch it, guys? Well, I wouldn't stop watching it. <laughs> You'd need to. You're gonna be there. You're gonna be there, are you? I'm gonna be yeah. a talking head on it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll need to do it, man. You'll need to keep bringing us the news. So there you go. That's that's some. Um, you should have been up on that one. Hollywood news. Fashion celebrity. Akon. Akon is building a futuristic city uh, called Akon <laughs> City in Senegal. <laughs> He's calling it Acon City. It's called Acon City, aye. Then, How have I missed so, that? So apparently, he's, it's been it's been in the works since <laughs> 2018, and the first brick was laid uh, this week. It looks amazing. <laughs> the realist solar powered, completely solar powered Acon City. Uh, it's been backed by the Senegalese government and funded by unnamed investors. Uh, it was first announced by first announced by Acon in 2018. Wow, well, uh, can't can't. it's it's based on the fictional. Uh, nation of Wakanda from Black Panther. There's a wee photo here. Uh, it looks great. No. That's amazing. Shit. 
Acorn, Acorn City. That is it's cool. estimated a six billion dollar scheme by investors that could not be named after signing non-disclosure agreements. So is he like so, the first person who can literally say this is my city? Acorn City. He can literally <laughs> go. This also, is my city. when people go to jail, he can play his theme tune locked up. <laughs> uh, and then lonely. And then lonely, and then lonely. That's right. Cool. I used to play that song so much, lonely. It's actually embarrassing how many. That was times like I a, played that was as big a ringtone thing as the Crazy Frog. Remember that? That was yeah. that was a massive thing. Also, Acon, we fact about him has four between four and six wives. Yeah. At the same time, you're just, lying. I'm just uh, I'm no, just no. reading reading a bit further down here. Uh, so. There's also a pre-existing A coin. Uh, he's, a, he's a big bit. Yeah, he's a big Bitcoin so guy. So that'll be that'll be the main currency of Acon City, and that was rolled out two years ago. There so you go. Oh my god, the guy's a genius. Certainly is. Six, six wives again. Six. Are you guys going? Are you guys going to have a city after, named after? Oh, maybe, maybe a street or town. Street. <laughs> Aye, make it hot at this point. Um, Surely you can get that done up in Scotland. Yeah, you could. Jay, I can't believe Jamie. You should by the end of by the end of your time, there'll be something named after you in Wisha. Uh, yeah, like you'd what? hope so. Like what? A wishing like a, will. A fridge. Wishing will. <laughs> Jamie's fridge. Maybe a, a fridge. A statue. A statue at my old buskins, but I'll be fixing a fridge. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, what can you give Boris a shout to come and bless it for you? That's it. I'll, I'll literally, as long as you can play Stairway to Heaven, though, because he, he he doesn't like anyone who can't play it. So, uh, what's your your Hollywood news look? My Hollywood news. Let's have a look. I don't know whether I don't know whether to say this or not. You know, you're not about Wells. That, that means you have to <laughs> say feel, it. No, I feel like I feel like such. No, no, honestly. So there's an artist in Timmouth. Next time we go to Timmouth, James, because you love Timmouth. There's a wishing well, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm unfortunate to have a last name of friend, so no one will actually know it's me, but they've actually got got a little, oh, what do you call it, Mo- mosaic, mosaic-like mm-hmm. bit that says, like, Muse are from Timmouth, and they had all these different people. You could do that in your in your area. You I've actually, actually, actually do mosaics, so I could uh, do my own. Mate, Guys. sick. Mm-hmm. Get, get, so you- get emailing the council. Get a big mosaic and stuff. So you've right got spread on the there's, wall. There's a, there's a is there a mosaic of your name there? It's just my last name. It's my last name, and I didn't. I got told it was in honor of me, and I was like, well, "I definitely do not." Which I definitely mean this when I say is I do not deserve that at all. Like maybe it's just I'm, meaning to say that Muse are friends. Muse this are friends. is what I mean. Muse and because of the last name, because of the last name, it kind of just anyone who walked past that now would just be like, "Oh yeah, friends, Timmer, fun, <laughs> you know, family." And I'm just like, "Sunshine." Yeah. That, that's the one time. That's the one time where I should have had modest like, dancing. Last- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happiness. Imagine if your last name was Happiness. You know, no. So that's that's, uh, that's actually something else I've never told anyone. But yeah. So that so that that was more that was more local news than Hollywood news. But Hollywood. No, I've got Hollywood news though. <laughs> I have got Hollywood news. Sorry, nice. I do digress. Um, apparently, uh, Carol Baskin. For those of you mm-hmm. who have, oh been, yeah, yeah, we know uh, of of Tiger King fame. Yes, who have not been living under a rock about Tiger King, which me and my wife watched in a day. We were that obsessed with it. Um, she is 
uh, going to be on Dancing with the Stars 2020 <laughs> celebrity cast. <laughs> the American version of Strictly Come Dancing, essentially. She's going to be on it. So who, who else is on that? Does it tell you any other stars listed so we can tune in? We've got Monica Aldemar. Oh, oh, big fan. No idea who asked. Um, Caitlin Bristow. Uh, she, small town of, I don't, Canada, Canada global stage. Oh, small I, town I, this is going to be Canada. really, <laughs> small town of Canada, apparently. No, the, sm- <laughs> the small town of Leduc. Oh my God, my, my geography is so bad. And um, Vernon Davis. Oh, I'd be better if, if, if Vernon Kay was Vernon in the American Kay. one. <laughs> <laughs> Vernon Kay on the American one with Carol Baskin. AJ McLean. Jesse McAuliffe. Nelly. Nelly's on Nelly. it. We know oh, Nelly. He can dance already. He certainly can. Mm. And he's a star. He can a top line. That's I'd be great. absolutely terrified if I ever went on one of those. Would you ever would you? go on a show like that? There's a good question for you. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would. I'd, I'd I'd definitely give it a go. I mean, I'm more so because I feel like I can't dance, so it'd just be provided entertainment for everyone. You know, and, and after this learn. year, if I can bring people's smiles, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. I'll I'll go. I'll do it. Dancing on ice would be more on my bag because I can actually uh, ice skate. Skate. So. Oh shit! Yeah. A bit like Daz. Daz a bit of a skater as well, aren't he? A bit of a skater myself. Great vein. I guarantee that you're miles better than me. I, I can definitely go around. I don't can't do any tricks. Can you skate backwards? Vaguely, yeah, kind of. Ah, you can. You're one of those guys that underplays the talent. I can tell. No, not all. Right. No. So I can only I can only go to the side. <laughs> <laughs> what into the barriers? I can only go horizontally. Aye. <laughs> That's good. It's good for turns. Uh, right, look, before we let you go, man, and enjoy your night, give us a, a wee surmise of what's coming next for you, mate. Is there anything we should be looking out for and checking on the cast? Let us know what's well, happening next. Or, I mean, oh, feel free to say fuck all as well, because, like, <laughs> nobody would expect anything. It's yeah, mainly, mainly, mainly sweet fuck all, but, like, uh, <laughs> at the moment. But, no, I'm definitely writing loads still, and I'm getting a lot of things into place. I'm far from, you know, finished with this adventure of music. Um, I def, you know, I definitely, you know, theatre is something I want to delve in more. Um, but yeah, mainly just watch out for gigs, and I'll be, you know, live music is my favourite thing of all. You know, playing playing live to an audience. I'm sure, you guys are probably the same. Oh, the best, uh, it's the best thing in the it is the best thing in the world without being corny. So, yeah. Just, just look out for us, and yeah, hopefully there'll be a few surprises along the way. Mm-hmm. Look, can we have a clap for Luke? What a guy! A clap for Luke. Clap for you guys as well. <laughs> Thank you. Care, care, Dan, stop. Luke, clapping for us. Oh, okay. you go again, Luke? <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mate, thank you very much, brother. That was, it was very nice to speak to you. Thank you for blessing a podcast with us. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Mister Ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.